0: you'd like to read. John 3, we'll start in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. So we'll stop right there. and. We may look farther than that. I, I don't know. We'll just see how far we can get. Yeah. So, in we see Nicodemus. The Bible says they're a ruler of the Jews. So that word "ruler," if you look that up, it's it means first in in rank or in place. So this is a man. He's not just a he's not just a member of the Jewish religion, and he's not just a part of the Sanhedrin. But this is one of the men that's in the upper tiers of, of the church in that day. God, yeah. And he's going to come here and, and, and notice what he says. He says, good master, rabbi, that means master. And rabbi was a word that they used for their teachers and instructors in that day. So he says, we know that God has sent you. We know you're a, a, a teacher and a, a prophet from God because of all these miracles that we see you do. And so, just a few days back from this, John's going to baptize him. The Spirit's going to come down and rest upon him like a dove. And John's going to say, this is the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And in chapter 2, he's going to take that those water pots, and I thought for a while that's where we would look, but he's going to turn that water into wine. So his his ministry's just beginning here, and he's just starting to work these mighty works that that prove who that he is. Jesus doesn't come on the scene and say, "I'm the Son of God." You'd better believe it, and that's all that there is to it. But the power of God is with him, and these these mighty works are indications that what he's saying is the truth. If I claimed to be the Son of God, you'd think I'm a crazy man. And that's these people, they, they were just like you and I. Jesus comes and says, I'm from heaven, and I'm the Son of God. Why, people's going to say, that man's crazy. But the power that he had, they couldn't deny the power that he had. And so Nicodemus says, look, we know there's something special about you. You've that you've got to have come from God because except God be with you and working in you, there's no way that these works could be done. True. But you know what? He, he doesn't know who He is. You see that? In good master, instructor, you're a teacher from God when in reality this man is the Son of God. This man is what all of the law and all of the prophets We're pointing to this man was the promise that God had made to Abraham, but he he didn't understand that. You know, in in just a, a, a little while, in Matthew 16, you're going to see Jesus ask his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And will some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, or one of the prophets. So they, they knew that he was a man of God. All of those men were were wonderful men of God. Yeah. And some of those wrought mighty works. Some of them spoke the word of God in love. They recognized that he was uh, God's man, but they did not know who that he was. True. You see that? True. And so people today, they, they think that this is the right way. They... They claim that they want to go to heaven by Jesus Christ, but to really know Him. People don't know who He is today. And Nicodemus did not know who He was. Even though the evidence and the power and the miracles were present, and there was enough there to bring about a realization that this was a man of God, to understand that He was the Son of God, and the Savior that was going to bring forgiveness of sins and redemption to Israel, the majority of mankind did not recognize that or know that. And so Jesus answered and said, Jesus is not going to debate. We're not going to argue about it. I'm not going to tell you who I am. But notice what Jesus says. And it's very interesting choice of words, I would say. Verily, verily... Truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that may be backwards from the way we would say it today. We would say it's impossible for a man to see the kingdom unless he's born again. So the only way that a man is going to be able to see the kingdom of God. See, that's that's what Nicodemus was missing. He, He was looking at Jesus in the flesh, but he couldn't see, he couldn't perceive who Jesus really was. And so Jesus says, unless you be born again. Now that word born, it means to procreate of the Father. And it's the same word in the Greek text. It's what you see in Matthew 1 where you've got the lineage of Jesus, begat. We all know that word. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac begat uh, Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah. And so here he's saying, except you be begat. And uh, again, that word means from above or anew. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to see the kingdom of God. Now, what's the kingdom of God? I, I believe we all have... An understanding of that. The kingdom of God is, that's the work that the Lord Jesus come to accomplish. That Satan be cast out of the inward man and that God live and dwell in mankind by the person of the Holy Spirit. And so you're not going to be able to see what what I've come to do and accomplish except first. First, before you can see it, there's going to have to be a work of God done. Do you see that? You're going to have to be begat And man today, man is good at making everything all about himself. He is. That's the, that's the desire of man. That it be about me. And that I'm the one you look to. And that I'm the one that gets honored. And that I'm the one that you admire instead of God Almighty. But Jesus says, you're not going to be able to see except you be born again. So you think about begat now. Did Isaac have anything to do with Abraham begetting him? It doesn't say that Isaac begat himself of Abraham, does it? And yet man thinks that somehow he's begetting himself of into the kingdom of God. Ain't that something? That I'm going to come to the altar and I'm going to begat myself into the kingdom. That's an impossible... That's not what this means. That's right. That is a misunderstanding of this scripture. Jesus says, Except there be a work from the Father, from above, done upon you, you're never even going to see or understand who I am and why I'm here, and what I've come to do. He's always going to be a prophet. So you remember again now, back in Matthew 16, there where he says, who do men say that I am? And he says, who do you say? And Simon Peter, we know Simon's great confession that he makes there. Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you know what Jesus said back to him there as well. I I believe we know that. We're familiar with it. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar Jonah. Now who's blessed Peter with this? Blessed. You're blessed, Peter. You know, Peter, you're not like the rest of the world. Do you see that? Everybody else has got an opinion on who Jesus is, but they don't know Him. They think he's John the Baptist or a prophet or a teacher from heaven. They're like Nicodemus. They can't see the kingdom of God. But Peter can see. Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, how can Peter do that? Well, Peter was smarter than everybody else. Jesus is going to tell us how that Peter was able to see and understand and perceive who Jesus really was. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonah, for flesh and blood it's not revealed this to you. Peter, it wasn't your brothers that taught you this. True. It was Andrew that came and got Peter to follow the Lord. But it wasn't flesh and blood that taught it to him, wouldn't pass down from his family. He didn't get it through man down at the temple. It wasn't through the Sanhedrin or uh, it would not Nicodemus. How can Nicodemus teach a man about the kingdom of God when he can't even see it? And so, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So Peter then is able to make this confession of who Jesus is because God the Father had revealed that to His heart. Do you see that? You know the Lord Jesus Christmas Day, we celebrate that birth of the Lord. Now here is God that has come in the womb of a woman and been born onto the earth. And it's such a such a time that the angels in heaven are rejoicing and proclaiming that God's Son has been born, and He's born in a city, a town that's so full there's not a room in any inn anywhere. And nobody knows that He's there. Ain't that the truth? You know who knew He was there? Them the Father revealed it to. Him. Ain't that true? true? The shepherds came to worship Him, and the only reason that they came was because there was a work of God done to reveal who had been born there in Bethlehem. So who knows the Lord today? Those that God's revealed the Lord Jesus to. To everybody else, He's a prophet. He's a good man. He was, he was a man that lived and done great works. And He was a good man. And He was a moral man. And He's an example that I need to follow. That's the way man thinks of Jesus today. He didn't come that I might imitate Him, because I can't imitate Him. But He came to give His life a ransom for many. He came to, to be sacrificed that my sins could be forgiven and that I could be adopted into the family of God and that God could dwell in me by the Spirit. Man talks about being saved and I am saved and and this one's saved, and my son was saved. And, and you know, that they just don't understand what saved really is. Born again has become a saying that we say, but we don't recognize what's really happening. Born again is not a trip to an altar and a profession with a mouth. Jesus here is saying, Nicodemus, if God doesn't work on you and your heart, then you're never going to be able to see this. This is God working. Amen. Uh, Something's got to happen to Nicodemus so that he can see the kingdom of God. God bless. So, why, why is that the case? Well, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. In Ephesians 2, there's man that's under the leadership and control of the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that's where we all were. At one time, if you're saved, at one time you were there. You were blind to the love of God in Jesus Christ. You were blind to the work of salvation. Buck said he believed he was saved. I believed I was saved. But you know what it is? I was blind and didn't really know what being saved was till God came and done a work, not, not from me. It didn't originate in me. Salvation did not originate in my heart. But God done a work from above. And gave me understanding. And let me to see Jesus who he was. And I came to him as a result of the work that God did. I love him because he first loved me. So except a man be born again. He cannot see. In Matthew 13. That chapter where Jesus gives all those parables. And the disciples say, why why do you speak in parables? And Jesus says, because it's given to you to see. But it's not given to them. So what's the difference in those that see the parables and those that don't? It's the work of God, is it not? So he says on down there verse 16, Of chapter 13 in Matthew. But blessed are your eyes. For they see. And your ears. For they hear. So why are they seeing? Why are they hearing? It's by the blessing of God that they see. So you, you see what's happening here. What the disciples are. They can't say it resulted from anything that they did. But all that they can say is God's done this for me. And that's people that are really saved That's all they can really testify is that I was in sin and that I was blind and that I didn't know that I was a sinner and I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know the judgment that I was going to face. But you know, God came one day and I wasn't seeking for Him. I wasn't asking after Him. I didn't want to be saved. But you know, God came and and He opened my eyes that I could see the kingdom of God. Before I ever came to the altar, True. my eyes were open. What was going on? I was born again and I could see where I was. God me. It's a truth. Yes. <clears throat> I could see by the working of the grace of God. God had done a work. What was He doing? He was begetting me yeah. into the kingdom of God. God. That was the work that God began to bring me unto Him that my sins could be done away and that I could be saved. Well, preacher, you had to come to the altar. I did, and I did come to the altar. And I came broken, and I came weeping, and I came crying. That's not what saved me though. I came to the altar because God was drawing me to the altar. I was broken because God had opened my eyes to my sin and He drew me to Himself that He might save And we glorify Him today for the work that He's done. So God's blinded, or the devil has people blinded, and it requires a work of God be done that they might be able to see. I'm going to read you a couple verses in Deuteronomy 29. Now here's Old Testament. Verse number 3 the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. You know who he's talking to here? This was the children of Israel that had been in Egypt. They saw God turn a wooden rod into a serpent. They saw God turn the river into blood. They saw God bring flies and frogs and Locusts, and they've seen him darken the sun. They've seen worse. And you know, when I say locusts, I don't mean a few bugs flying around. But God brought a swarm that ate every green thing in the land of Egypt. God brought frogs that that you couldn't walk in the street without trodden through frogs. They were in the house. God brought these wonders and these signs proving who they were, and they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground and saw Pharaoh's entire army be destroyed. They had seen every bit of that. Listen to what he says. Which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles, yet the Lord hath not given you an heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear. Unto this day. So they saw these works. They, They witnessed. They were witnesses of what God had done. And yet, you know what the children of Israel is going to do? They're going to go to the border of Canaan land and God's going to say, go in. Now, God has just destroyed the land of Egypt and destroyed Pharaoh and his army and they didn't have to lift a finger to do that. God did that. And they're going to come to the border of Canaan and they say, we're not able to go in. And if you're not careful, you'll say, boy, how foolish them people were. They didn't have a heart to see, nor to perceive. And if we can see and perceive today, then God's gave us a heart to see. Do you see that? God's done this work. And so here they are, and they've come to the border of Canaan. They're going to disbelieve. They're going to weep, and they're going to cry, and they're going to say, we're not going in. We're not able to do that. Even though they had witnessed everything that had been done. You know, when when I was lost... And when you were, if you're saved, I believe we can look back in the days of our life. And right now, we can look back and see how God protected and God kept us from leaving this world, and how that God's providence watched over us even then. But you know what we were? We were blind to the goodness of God in those days. I I believe, I believe mine's the same way. But you know, little children are brought up under the Word of God. They're brought up in families of the house of God. And they don't understand... What great providence that God has blessed them with to be able to grow up and hear the truth. They can't see that. But you know what happened one day? When God gave me a heart to perceive and understanding to see, I began to see just how good that God had been to me over all of those years. You know what? Nothing changed. It wasn't that God all of a sudden started being good. It wasn't that God hadn't been good in the past. The problem was I was blind. And when God opened my eyes, I could look and recognize at how God had kept me from destroying my life in sin. How that God had kept me from taking my own life in sin. And He had brought me to the place of redemption. Redemption. Couldn't see that before. Couldn't see who God was. I was blinded. But thank God the Lord came and done a work. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? So Jesus says it. Except you be born again, you can't see. And essentially, he's saying, well, I, I can't see what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. How?" And you think, now this is the natural mind of man. He says, well, are you saying that, that I'm going to have to go back into my mother's womb? His mother may not have even been alive. Are you saying that I'm going to have to go back into the womb and be born out of that again? Silly thinking. But see, that's carnal. That's the way man thinks of salvation. Man thinks, well, I'm just going to need to go to the altar again and get it patched up. I'm just going to have to go out to the creek again and get it fixed up. But you see, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying go to the altar and say these words and get up. Jesus is saying if you're ever going to see the kingdom, my Father's got to do a work in you. And if the Father doesn't do a work, you'll never see who I really am. It's necessary that my Father open your eyes. It's necessary that a birth, a regeneration come from above. When God does a work, then you can see. Can He enter the second time into His mother's womb and be born? Notice how He says, can he enter? Again, it's it's what I do. What are you saying that I've got to do then? How can I do this? That's what the rich young ruler came and said. He said, what must I do? Well, if you want to do what you can do, keep the law. But you know what he was? He was blind True. to the fact that he was a, a lawbreaker. He was perfect. In his own eyes. And to prove, to prove that he wasn't perfect. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go sell what you got and give it to your neighbor. Come and follow me. If you really love them, like the law says you all to love them, then go give everything you've got to them and you come follow me. He couldn't do that. I can't do that. And he went away sorrowful. Boy, I tell you, man can't do. And what happens when man tries to do is people go away sorrowful because there's no change in the life. You know why there's so many professions and so many trips to the altar and there's never any lives changed? It's because it's not a work that God's done. Mom and daddy's told them they need to come. The deacons have told them they need to come. The preachers told them they need to come. I've seen it just recently. A daddy bringing one down, by the, had him by the nap of the neck and brought him down to the altar and put him... Now that's well and good. Daddy may really want him to be saved. But I tell you what daddy needs to recognize that God's going to have to open his eyes if he's ever going to see the kingdom of God. Preacher, I'll open their eyes. Well, then I say this. If you can open the spiritual eyes, then you need to go down to the hospital or the group home and find you a blind man and open his eyes. Preacher, the best doctor in the world can't open a blind man's eyes. Well, I say this. It's much harder to open the eyes of one that's under the control and influence of the devil than it is the natural eyes of man. Amen. If you can't go open a blind man's eyes in the hospital, you need not tell me you can open your children's eyes to the need of their salvation. I tell you what I rely on, I rely on the power of God and I pray, oh God, open their eyes to the truth. Amen. And if God don't open their eyes, Listen to me. If God doesn't open their eyes, it's not that they don't want to see. It's that they can't see. Do you see that? They are unable to see outside of a work of God. So I can't get up and depend upon how well I can speak. That people would come to God and be saved. Right. These people that rely on that. Right. It's not that I can pray loud enough and with enough Fervency and vigor that I'm going to pray them into the kingdom of God. These people that think like that and believe I believe I ought to pray. I believe I ought to pray for them. And we do pray for them. And I pray God protect them from the foolishness that's in our world. Keep them by Your grace and power and bring them to Yourself. But I tell you what I am, I'm 100% dependent upon God to illuminate them. Because though we tell them the Word of God, they just can't see it except God opened their eyes. That's the way all of mankind is. That's the way all of mankind is. They're all in this state. And they say, well, if I need to be born again, and when you say that, you need to be born again. The mind of man says, well, he's just saying I ought to go to church and do better. He's saying I need to be cleaned up. He's saying I need to go to the altar and renew my vow to the Lord. That's the way the carnal mind thinks. That's the way Nicodemus thinks. What well, do I need to go back into the womb of the Lord and come back out again? Oh, Nicodemus, that's so foolish. That's right. Think about how foolish that that is. Yes. I tell you, it's just as foolish that man thinks he's going to do it and finally get right with the Lord. We're going to have to look to Him. So Jesus is going to say, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born, same word again, procreate, to regenerate, it's the same word as begat in Matthew, except a man be begat of the water and of the Spirit. So here's the word, and this is where the begatting is coming from. Do you see that? You know what you hear today? God help. But you hear the church has got to get pregnant and go and travail and and birth these children into the kingdom of God. That's what you hear over and over. And and now if, if you don't get down and if you don't travail and if you don't do, then they're not going to be saved. But if you'll do, they'll be saved. Him, Ain't it something that Jesus wasn't aware of that fact? But Jesus, He doesn't say they need to be born of the church. He doesn't say that here. You know what's going to bring them into the kingdom? The water and the Spirit the washing of water by the Word of God, he says in Ephesians, and the Spirit of God. Now you say, well, you're putting down the church. I'm a part of the church. When I got saved, I became a part of the church. God dwells in the church. His Word goes out through the church. But know this, it's not my work to save my people. And if it depended on me, what hope would they... I couldn't save myself and I still can't save myself. And if God today calls me to stand before Him and says, now you're going to stand by what you've done. I've got no, I've got no prayer whatsoever. God. Yes. And you don't either. No, this, this birth, this begatting is of. It's just like in Matthew when He says, And Abraham begat Isaac. Where did I come from? I was begat of the water and of the Spirit. This is the means that God is going to use to bring man in to the kingdom of God. You see that? And so he says, listen, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, you all know this Scripture. Verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Ain't it something that the wiser man gets, the farther he gets from the truth. Ain't that something? That's the way it is though. The, the wiser I get, the more I think of me the more I trust in me, the more I trust in my understanding and in my mind, and it draws me away from God. It's not going to be wisdom that gets man to God. But, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This was God's choice. You see that God chose this. God chose That those that were gonna come to him were gonna come through the preaching of the gospel. So, what do we preach? We preach the Word of God, the water. The water of the Word of God is preached, and it's preached by the leadership and the inspiration and the stirring of the Holy Ghost of God, the water and the Spirit. And it's through that gospel. That man is brought into the kingdom of God. Peter said it this way in First Peter. he said, "You were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, of the word of God. How did God bring me into the family? The word of God was planted. You, you see the picture of how children are born into the world. The seed of the Father is planted into a woman and the child comes forth. You see the picture there. So how does the kingdom work then? Well, I'm born by the seed of the Word of God. Now, does that go in the church? The seed should be in the church already. But you know where the Word of God comes? It comes into the, the good ground of the heart. You see that? There's where the seed is planted. It was planted in my heart. And out of this earthen vessel was born a Son of God. I I sincerely believe that this is the Word of God. In Romans chapter 10, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, man. Today, thinks well. Faith has always been in me, and it's just when I choose to exercise it. Not by this. Faith wasn't there already, but faith came by the Word of God. You see that? You know Noah. You think about Noah. This is a simple, simple little thought from a from a uh, from a child. We've heard about Noah. Did Noah have faith? to build an ark on his own. You know when that faith came? When God spoke. So when the Word of God came, then... There was faith. It's God acting first. you see that? God's the first move. God's the one taking action. Here in John chapter 3, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. It is an absolute necessity. Cannot. Not able or possible. It's not possible for a man to come into the kingdom outside of the preaching of the Word of God and a work of God in the inward man. That regeneration is done through the preaching of the Gospel. So the world today that says you'll get people in with singing and with emotions and with testimonies and hospital tales, I'm afraid you've missed what God chose to bring kids and children into the kingdom of God he chose the preaching of the gospel and when you leave preaching out you're not going to have any children born into this kingdom so he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit we were all born of the flesh some of us may be the wonderful parents Some of us to some, that may not have been wonderful. But we're going to have to separate the flesh from the Spirit. They're they're different. That that's born of the flesh, that's flesh. That'll always be flesh. And when this man dies, the flesh is going back to the dust. It's got no inheritance It's got no power in the kingdom of God. The flesh has no place in the kingdom. It's flesh and that's all it ever will be. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is begotten, that which is begat of the Holy Ghost of God, it's a different man. Do you see that? I believe all through the New Testament you can see that over and over that there's two of us. There's one that's the old man, the man that's corrupt and the man that's fleshly, but inside there's a new man that's born that is a son of God. And though I look the same and I talk the same and I've got the same fleshly relationship, that's never going to change. The flesh is flesh. But it's that inward man. That's where God bore the child of God in. In the inward man. And you know what that work of God did? It changed my life. We we tried to look a while back at the blind man that Jesus put clay on his eyes and sent him to the pool of Siloam. Now, if you picture the blind man going to the pool, can you picture how he's gonna walk? He'd walk about like you if you were up here with your eyes shut you'd be walking and feeling. You'd be looking for something to touch. You see that? He's blind. That's the way he has to go. But you know, after he got there and he washed, and God opened his eyes, he didn't walk like a blind man anymore, did he? I believe he was walking. I believe he was walking at speed. And he was walking in such a way that when people in the streets and in their windows, when they seen him go by, they said, wouldn't that the blind man going that way? That sure looked like him, but I'd, that couldn't have been him because he wouldn't walk in like he's blind. There's something different. You see that? There's something noticeably different about that man. That's what happens when one is born of the Spirit. They look the same. They talk the same. But boy, the way they're living is totally different. What happened to them? They've been born from above. God has regenerated and made a new creature out of them. So in the world today, when when they say, well, I've been saved. I was saved years ago. What they're thinking is what they done in an altar. What a preacher done or what daddy done for them. That's what they're thinking of. But when they say that in their life, it's not changed you can know, well, well, they might have done it themselves, but uh, there's never been a work of God done there. Because if my father done a work, the work would resemble him. True. Ain't that true? True, yes. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Nicodemus don't get stuck on that. Nicodemus' mind is blown with the fact that there's going to have to be something else happen for him to see the kingdom of God. That's the way man is. Man thinks he's good the way that he is. Nothing else needs to happen. I'm already going to heaven. I don't need to be saved. I don't need my life to change. But remember this, they're blind. That's it. Yeah. You know what they need? This is the truth. If God opened their eyes like He opened mine, their mind would change. Yeah. If God at this hour opened our people's eyes to see the truth like He did ours, they'd be here tonight looking good. for the Word of God to speak to them. That's right. They had come looking for somebody that they had some confidence in that knew the Word of God to help them. So listen to what he says. Marvel not. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Determine, choose, or prefer. Who's got any say-so in that? Has anybody got any say-so And where the wind blows? Nobody. And thou hearest the sound, but can't tell whence it came or whither it goeth. So all we can do is watch the working of the wind. We see the wind work, we hear the wind work, we don't know where it came from. You know, if the Spirit comes by and does a work in somebody's heart today, we don't know where He worked last. And we don't know whose heart he's going to next. But we know this. When he's working, we can see it. When he changes somebody, we can see the work of God. When he opens somebody's eyes, we can see the change in the way they're walking. When he's doing a work, we can see the effect of the Spirit of God. So, is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So nobody's got any say-so about when I'm going to be born again. Ain't that the truth? I I mean, I can't do it myself. I'm blinded by the devil. Mom and Daddy can't do it for me because they can't make me see. The church can't come together and come around me and make me see. But you know what determines when my eyes are going to be open? the Holy Spirit of God. It's Him that's doing the work. So listen to one more place now in Ezekiel chapter number 36. Ezekiel 36 verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in My statutes, and ye shall keep My judgments and do them. This is Ezekiel 36. That was verse 24 to 27. Go home and look that over. I don't know how close of attention you were paying me, but tell me who done every bit of that. You know where I was? I was amongst the heathen. I was an idolater and a sinner. And you know, God came... I didn't come to God... God came to where I was in the filth of my sin and opened my mind and my eyes there. And He brought me out of that heathen country and He brought me into His country and He washed the filthiness from off of me and He cleansed me of my sin. I didn't know what it was to be clean. But God cleaned me and He took away my guilt and He took away my fear. I was no longer guilty before His eyes but I had peace with God. And then He took that old heart that it deceived me and that it slew me. He took that old heart, that stony heart, that heart that had no care for God, it had no care for His house, had no care for a fellow man. The only thing that stony heart cared about was Himself. And God took that heart from me and He put a heart of flesh in, one that was easily moved. And then... He put His Spirit within me. And man says, well now wait a minute. It says that we are going to keep His judgments and do them. He does say that at the end. But He says that because I will put My Spirit within you and cause you to walk in My statutes. Do you know why we're still here? We're kept by the power of God. Do you know why that we care anything about the church or the preaching of the gospel? Why, it's because I was a good fella. Absolutely not. It's because God changed our heart and He changed our mind and He gave us a new spirit and God calls us to. God is the cause. And the effect is reflected in my life. Now, ain't that the truth? God is the cause. Really, God's the cause of all things. If Without God, there would be no heavens and earth. Without God, there would be no mankind. Without God, there could be no life. Man's got no problem admitting that. But without God, there'd be no salvation either. Without God, there'd be no way for us to be clean from our filthiness. But God acted that we could be saved. Thank God that He did. Thank God that He opens eyes and hearts to the truth and brings them to the Lord Jesus Christ. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. It's going to be this way for everybody that's born again. I've heard Buck say several times, he don't give me a pint and you a quart. He don't give a quart to this one and a gallon to this one. No. But God gives the same salvation. And you know whether I come to church or not, it's not how good a fella I am. No. No. It's the work of God manifested. Yeah. Why does people not care about God? Because they're not born from above. Period. If if the churches could get a hold of that. But see, somebody dies, this family member dies, and we want to say, well, they made a profession years ago, and they're better off today than they were then. God help for let's uphold the standard of God. If their lives has not been changed, then recognize that God did not do a work there. And let's stand on the truth of God. The truth's been walked through a mud hole today. And the truth is, this precious and holy work of God has been turned into religion and a work of man. But I tell you this today, that this work, it can't be done of man. It's just like the wind. If you can bring this birth about, then you ought to be able to go out and bring the south wind in ain't that the truth yes so is everyone that's born of the spirit you don't know where it came from you don't know where he's going but you know this he's been here and done a work today and thank God that he has that's all